Matt here at Sweat Elite. Thanks again for tuning in to another podcast episode. This one's all about the experience we had at the INEOS 159 Challenge, which happened just over a week ago now. Uh, amazing to be at that event. Uh, obviously, it was streamed so well online that you probably saw more of the race online, of course, than we did being there, but it was also obviously fantastic to be amongst the atmosphere there and to, to be at the start area. And I speak with Finland's one of Finland's best marathon runners, Aki Numela, who's been a good friend of mine for, for about seven, eight years now. I actually used to live in, in Helsinki here, and uh, he's a 217 marathon runner. We're both actually training right now for the Valencia Marathon, which takes place in six weeks' time, December 1st. So we speak a little bit about our preparation as well, not for too long, but then we get uh, into the discussion about the Ineos 159 Challenge shortly after that. So we talk about what it was like being at the start area, what it was like being on the course, uh, we did a couple of training runs a day before and a day after, uh, what it was like uh, doing them. One of them was also with uh, a, a pacer of the Ineos 159 Challenge from Australia, Brett Robinson. We discuss uh, a little bit about that conversation we had with him and we did the long run with him the following day on the Sunday. And yeah, it's quite a good episode. So uh, that's what's on the agenda today. Um, before I get uh, started with that, um, if you did, missed our last episode, it was all about... Uh, what I call mental ruts. So it's something that is quite common, I think, for runners, and it's it's finding themselves in a position where they uh, they may be stagnant in their training and racing. Um, they're obsessing over splits and times. Often they're not really improving, and they're even questioning if they're really enjoying running anymore. And it's a very common problem that I've found amongst runners. I've been through it myself. I used to be a middle distance runner, and uh, during that time, I, I actually fell into that hole for a few years. Uh, the person that I interviewed, Philip Barr from Germany, 216 marathon runner, he uh, has recently been through it as well. And we talk about what it's like, what you can possibly do to get out of it. And um, I think it can be very helpful for people that uh, that are experiencing it now or have experienced it in the past. So do go and check that episode out. Um, we've got some really good episodes coming up in the future as well. Uh, lastly, I'd just like to, at the start of all these recent episodes, I've just uh, made an announcement about the Kenya running experience that we're uh, taking in January, which is happening in Iten, Kenya, the running hub of Kenya or possibly the world. If you, uh, I guess it's one of the most popular places for people to go on a high altitude training camp and it's um, the home of many elite runners from Kenya. So it'll be our fourth Kenya running camp. It's from the 5th of January to the 18th of January, so it's 13 nights, 14 days. It goes from a Sunday to a Saturday, so people will need to take two weeks off work or study or whatever they're doing. Um, it's all-inclusive all as well, so it includes uh, everything but flights to Eldoret, that is. Uh, Eldoret's the closest airport to attend. It's about an hour away by bus, but it includes the airport transfers, the accommodation, all meals, uh, elite athlete uh, meetups and training sessions, uh, discussions with elite coaches, including Renato Canova. He was included in the last camp, and hopefully we can see him again. It really depends on his schedule, but last I spoke with him, is uh, he said he would be in town, but no no promises yet. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly an amazing experience, and from all the people that have come on the previous tours, they've all really enjoyed it. So um, if you're interested in that, we do have a few spots left. You can find the link to that in the show notes here, although I was, be, I was made aware that recently that some podcast players don't have links in the show notes. Um, so if your podcast player doesn't have that, then just go to our website and go to the menu and you'll find it in there. Um, so yeah, that's taking place in a little over two months time now. Uh, thanks to all our subscribers um, that keep Sweat Elite going. 
So how the podcasts work is, you've probably heard this if you've listened to the other uh, intros or the other podcasts. Um, we, we, we do a preview that, that's released on iTunes and Google Podcasts and Spotify that's about half an hour long. It's basically the first 30 to 50% of the episode. Anyone can listen to that. And then if you want to listen to the whole episode, you just have to subscribe on our website and you can, you can log in and stream it from the website. You can stream it from the website, as I just said, and you can play it while you run or commute. It's only one US dollar a week, so it's it is built in three month increments of thirteen US dollars for for three months, which is which is obviously very cheap. It's much cheaper than than buying uh, multiple books or, or or audio books or so on. And and if you do subscribe, you access all the podcasts and all the articles on our website as well, which is which is well over four hundred. I think it's closer to four hundred and sixty now about the running training of Elliot Kipchoge. We've written over thirty articles about that, his diet, all the different training sessions, and so on. Um, Mo Farah. Kenny Sabakile, we spent some time with his training group earlier this year and uh, many other elite athletes. So by subscribing, there's, there's plenty of value there. So thanks to all the subscribers that have joined. We have had a large amount joined in the last couple of weeks since Ineos and uh, launching the podcast again. So thanks so much. But uh, that's enough from me. Uh, up next is the episode I recorded two days ago with Finland's Aki Numala. He was also there with me at the Ineos Challenge and I hope you enjoy it. Matt here at Sweat Elite. Uh, Aki Numala from Finland, uh, representing Runners Hires, uh, joining me here as well. Uh, we're doing this episode from Helsinki in Finland, which is where Aki lives and where I spent some time living as well in the last uh, decade. Thanks for joining, Aki. Thanks for joining you too. Yeah. Uh, we both were at the Ineos Challenge last weekend, which is uh, eight days ago now. And this episode is going to be all about our experience there. Well, mostly about our experience there. So... Um, it was a. It was obviously an awesome event to to, to be at, and um, I guess we'll we'll share quite a few uh, little different topics about uh, the the event itself, and because we were there a day before and spent a couple of days after as well. So, I guess we can start off by talking about uh, our day before because we did a, a a training run and we checked out the course, and um, yeah, I guess we can talk a bit about that. Yeah, I think because we both, I don't know about you, but. We both training quite full Valencia Marathon. Yeah. Beginning of December, so I think it was a good weekend to spend for our training as well. So, yeah. So the day before we were checking out the course. Yeah, we did a twenty k, I guess, uh, steady run. A little bit harder for me. I'm a I'm a two thirty five marathon. Aki's a two seventeen guy. So obviously it was a little bit easier for him. But we did a twenty k tra- training run on the course. So you could probably call it the fastest course in the world, dead flat. Yeah. Um, we did it in 340, 341 pace, and it felt quite comfortable. And yeah. we even had a couple of uh, people ride, <laughs> ride the bike next to us saying, wow, you guys are uh, able to talk and, and do this pace. And I, and I guess uh, I'm not trying to, uh, I guess, pump ourselves up, but it, it did feel quite easy to run on that course at that speed. Yeah, I think they were also thinking like we're gonna race the next day with Elliot. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for a few people was at least they we were thinking that. So. I think we were mistaken for some some paces, but yeah. But I think if you're looking for the perfect marathon course or perfect course to break any kind of records, I think that's quite close for sure. Yeah, yeah. I only, think only a little roundabout. Yeah, and the roundabout so, like yeah. there was obviously for those that aren't familiar, there was uh, two roundabouts because the course was a four point four kilometer straight. Um, and there were roundabouts at both ends. And one roundabout was, uh, I, I originally said it in an Instagram story on the Swelly Instagram that it was about 400 meters round, but it was probably longer, probably more like six or 700 meters. Yeah. But the other end was about a hundred meters around, but they banked 
the the roundabout a little bit so it didn't feel so tight, almost like an indoor track, but not so <laughs> steep. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we we didn't do that loop though. We stopped and turned around because it was fenced off. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did it on Sunday at least. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the day I did it. Yeah, it was quite rough curve, but yeah, I think still doable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't do the first first one one or two case, which started from the from the bridge. So correct. Yeah, there was an extra one point five k off that straight that yeah. came down at the start. Um, but we weren't running on that part. But uh, yeah, so we did that training run on the Friday, day before Ineos. Ineos happened on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday. Uh, so, so on the Saturday, we both took it easy and just jogged around watching. We'll talk a bit about that shortly. And on the Sunday, we did a long run, and we actually joined Brett Robinson, who was a pacer, Australian uh, uh, 10K half marathon marathon runner. He was a pacer, so we'll talk a bit about um, what we spoke about with him. But on Sunday, you did the longest run you've ever done. Yeah, probably, yeah. I did 45 and a half. Half K with like 33K, around four minute pace, and then the last 10K, 317 yeah. K, so 32.50 around there, the 10K. And, and you said it felt pretty comfortable. It, it felt good, yeah. I, I was feeling the Kipchoge spirit there, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so as Aki mentioned before, we're both training for Valencia Marathon, which is in six yeah. weeks now. It was in seven weeks uh, as of last weekend when we were at Ineos. And so what is your, what is your goal at Valencia? Ah, of course, I, I I love the race a lot. I think my my favorite marathon in the whole world, and I've always I raced it three times, and I always done my PR, which was two seventeen fifty seven last year. So, if if all goes well, I think sub two seventeen at least. But yeah. of course, I'm I'm happy with one second improvement in my PR. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's always a good thing for sure. Yeah, but I I, I like it. So course is course is fast and course is very good. Yeah, and there was. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. I did uh, 16k with you last year. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I was in sort of decent shape, but I ran with you yeah. for for 16k of that 217.57 run. But I'm going to hopefully do the whole thing this year yeah. if I can get to the finish. I have a pretty bad. Those that, those that know me or follow on Strava, I have a pretty rough uh, history with muscle cramping. So I did the Berlin Marathon at 235, but had to stop quite a few times towards the end. I was trying to run under 230, and that's what I'll be trying to do again at Valencia. Uh, so I think you have to be in like two hours shaved to break the two thirty. <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah. I have to. I have to account for like yeah. half an hour of stops. Yeah. Then you can start with like sixty sixty minutes to half. And, yeah. And, and then you can take it like ninety, <laughs> 90 minutes to second half. So. I'm not sure if I'll ever be in two hours shaved. In, in fact, I'm sure of it. But uh, yeah, we'll see. But you ran two nineteen fifty one at Berlin. Yeah, two nineteen fifty one. Quite even. Yeah, and you said that was uh, comfortable. Also, you had a couple of. Uh, Issues with the pace uh, with the groups you were in. Yeah, I was kind of not that sure beforehand when I started running. So it was because I had little little illness problems before. So I was I was very happy like in the end. So you had a whole almost a whole week off at some point just before. Yeah, you... I, yeah, it was like beginning of all, uh, beginning beginning of September. So it was like three weeks before. <laughs> probably I, I the think. worst time to have a week. Yeah, probably. But you yeah. had a bad uh, flu. Yeah, I had, but then I I was able to do one week and good training, and for me it's making a big difference to train two or three days. Yeah. Hard, so, yeah, yeah. so yeah, so I was I was very pleased after all. Yeah. Anyway, so although it felt more like a training run, and yeah. of course when you go to Berlin, you have to like you you want to be in a shape like you you can run your best. So it's yeah. always when you go to Berlin. So absolutely. Oh yeah, I was I was pleased with sub two twenty anyway. So yeah. Yeah, but it it was overall it was good, nice, nice race, nice weather. Little windy with my group, so yeah. But yeah, it's always some excuses. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, I had a really good time at Berlin as well. As I said, 235. That was a PB for me. I'm quite new to the longer distances. Used to be a middle distance runner. Um, but all of my PBs have been <laughs> a few minutes of stops with cramping. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, I mean, just just quickly, I, the, how I'm trying to solve it this time around is um, I've had some advice from a couple of people, I guess yourself included here, Aki. Um, in the lead up to Valencia, so six weeks to go, I'm doing a few, uh, like three hour runs. Um, so I did one today, actually, I did a, a, a full marathon. It wasn't quite three hours, it was 2.55, but I stopped at the marathon. And um, I'm doing another one at uh, New York Marathon. I'm going to run that in maybe uh, 2.50 or something like that. That's and I have to, weeks. it's in two weeks from yeah. now. So these, these runs have to be at a sort of a relaxed effort. Um, uh, you could maybe call it moderate. Yeah. Um, nowhere near redlining or really pushing it too hard. Yeah. And the point of them is sort of capillary development and, and teaching your body to deliver oxygen and nutrients to the muscle tissue, which um, hopefully can, can solve the cramping problem. I'm sure people listening are thinking, have I tried all the you know magnesium and sodium? And believe me, the answer to that is yes. I've tried everything in that, well, at least most things in that space with the loading of uh, electrolytes before and during, and it didn't help me at Berlin. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can solve that issue. And uh, I, I think if I if I can run it without cramps, I, I think I can maybe run two two twenty eight or two twenty nine. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see. You done a lot of mileage this week? Yeah, it's, this week is the biggest week I've ever done. One hundred and fifty five or six, I think. Okay. So yeah. So how are you yeah. gonna tackle the next week then? Uh, cut back a little bit. Uh, Keep so going thirty four if I five tomorrow. <laughs> uh, no, tomorrow very easy. Um, next week I will do. I, I don't tend to. I mean. I'm not saying this is the absolute best method, but I uh, I guess because I've had plantar fasciitis only a couple of months ago and it's still lingering a little bit, I don't tend to plan too far ahead because sometimes it's yeah. still there, so I have to just adjust a little bit. Um, but if all goes to plan and I don't have any issues, I'll do some sort of intervals on, on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, probably at 5K, 10K pace, maybe uh, 8 to 10K worth. And then on Saturday, I will do a 10K race but I will do a 20K run at marathon pace before it. Uh, this is actually an idea that you gave me. Yeah. Um, so my marathon goal pace is 3.30, so I'll try and do 3.30 per kilometer, that is. I'll try and do 20K before the race at about that pace, 3.30, 3.40 per K, and then 10K quite hard, which will hopefully be maybe around 33 minutes. So it's so. Our, our Halloween run. Yes, exactly, and that race, that race is organized <laughs> where by... See, yeah, where we're going to see you suffer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That race is organized by Runners High, which is yeah. um, who Aki, Aki works for, and Aki is one of the main guys at the at the events company there that also helps people with uh, coaching and, and group training and so on. So yeah, and always here in Helsinki. And always when you think about, like, you run 42K today, so you never know, like, how your body yeah. reacts with that. So that's why I, I like it also the way, like, you don't do too long plans. Yeah. Because it's easy to do, like, okay, I, I'm able to do it on Wednesday yeah. somehow, and then you feel like, I don't know, can you curse here, but you feel like shit on Wednesday, and yeah. then, you, then you must be able to change it. Okay, I'll change it on Thursday, or maybe on Friday, or of maybe course. not not doing it before Saturday. So, of course. Yeah, that's 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 something, like, people many times they forget. Yeah. Like you. I mean... But, you know, we're both coaches and I think like we yeah. both know that many people like to have firm plans and many yeah. people like to have plans well ahead. And and I think it's good to have a plan, but it's yeah. also you have to be really ready to yeah. change it, to yeah. adjust. And, and and even when I, I – we even mentioned this in the book that we published about Kipchoge's um, training on Amazon. Like he, he – they adjust and, and change depending on yeah. how they're feeling too. Sometimes they skip not – not often, but sometimes they'll skip a workout and, and run easy. Like that happened I think once or twice when mm-hmm. we were there, so – So and I know you're a big big advocate of that sort of mental uh, philosophy, I guess as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I think 
like many people of, of course they think like okay you run the berlin marathon you run 42k hard they always think like okay you have to rest three weeks take it, yeah rest three weeks after that but they don't think like okay we're gonna do hard workout sometimes the workout is even harder than running or racing the marathon which yeah. don't go that well yeah so of course then they think okay i'm training very hard on sunday i'm able to work like do the training on wednesday or tuesday already so yeah, they yeah. Don't, sometimes they they should think like the workouts can be can be rough as well so people if they if they are workouts it doesn't it doesn't mean like they are they are easier than the races so. no you're dead right like i had a few people after berlin marathon i mean i had like a couple of days off and then i got into the yeah. easy running and a few people were like commenting on my strava or sending messages going like wow you're not even having any time off yeah, yeah. i was like well think about like yeah. i wanted to run 228 229 around yeah. 235 i had to like almost walk parts of the end so yeah, obviously yeah. it wasn't going because of the cramping that is yeah. not because i was exhausted yeah. because i my, my my cramping was so bad yeah. so i i finished and i wasn't of course i was tired but i wasn't yeah. completely cooked i wasn't you know like oh god i couldn't do another you know kilometer or something so yeah. and i know that when you finished berlin you were kind of the same like you finished yeah. strong and you felt like you could have yeah but i pushed still, on a little bit yeah so. i took like one week off anyways yeah like whole week but it was yeah it was hard hard effort anyways but yeah yeah i remember once once i was i was pacing the Finnish top top marathon lady on Hyrulainen in Dubai Dubai marathon and she tried to break the Finnish record 228 and I, I was pacing her and week before I did Muscat marathon in Oman I did 228 as well hmm. which is very like of course it's hard to say like it's very easy for me to run 228 yeah. marathon yeah. it's like 10 minutes of my record so I can take it quite easy and it's like something I could I, I feel like I could do almost every weekend yeah but then people were so so like 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 getting like very i don't know how to say like i run 228 and then next week 228 again so how you can do it and it's it's too rough and yeah and then i was like okay so running 228 marathon which is like what is the kilometer pace 330 yeah so that's that's rough but then you're like then you run like 30k training run with like 320 pace and that's not rough <laughs> yeah. at all. so yeah. it's like it's people it's, just have this yeah, uh, it's always weird like you're running the marathon you're like participating marathon it's like yeah. something something makes it more rougher so. next level yeah so you, so you can have to do it like the workouts <laughs> yeah. during the races yeah so yeah, just, yeah. No, so, we're, we're both big advocates of racing yeah. and in training to practice the, <laughs> yeah. you know, all that stuff so anyway we, we, we've gone a little bit off topic uh, uh, but the, still the <laughs> <laughs> no it's interesting stuff but i, I guess we it, it's good to get into the any other stuff soon maybe we could talk about that towards the end but uh no, you're right. It is. It is good for. Uh, <laughs> it is interesting um, stuff to talk about. But uh, so Ineos, we both had a good time there. And yeah. We both were there in, um, very early, yeah. uh, as in um, on the day. So we got yeah. there about an hour before. And at the start area, it was. I, I guess some people saw, saw on the YouTube stream. It was uh, all blocked off, but we were able to get very close to the start line, maybe yeah. like a couple of meters away, yeah. which was nice. Um, and. Yeah, it was really cool to sort of be be, be a part of that and be right on the start line. And yeah. there wasn't so many people at the start area. No, not too many. And I, I liked the atmosphere in the starting area. It was quite like, how do you say, like intimate. Like very, I don't know. I thought was it like was the, peaceful. Yeah, very, very <laughs> yeah, yeah, very peaceful. And there was like the, the fog yeah. coming out of Dono. And it, yeah. was, it was like... There was that castle in the background. Yeah, castle looked... in the background. And yeah, it was kind of like, a, yeah... Yeah. In- interesting, interesting atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Not no music, no, no, no speakers or anything. Like, it was yeah. just... I think yeah. any, everyone was just sort of thinking, like, this is going to be one of those things that in 50 years is yeah. going to be remembered as, like, you know, every, everyone's obviously comparing it yeah. to Roger Bannis' 400 mile. Like, yeah. I think many people were just, like, 
soaking it up and just yeah. going, wow, this is amazing to be here, to be a part of it, because, yeah, it was it was awesome to be at the start so, area. There would have only been a few hundred at that point. But... Yeah, I think so, yeah, but suddenly it got much more, like, yeah. after the start. But, but how do you how do you feel like it's, like, keep Chokes wish, like, the start is like that? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, like, I mean, he's I, a very, he's a very, because he, he, he said, like, after breaking two in Monza, like, two years ago, like, he's, he said, like, he needs the atmosphere yeah. to get the more racing, like, and I, yeah, I understand that, but I, I'm still thinking, like, because, of course, if he, if he wanted, I wanted, like, DJs and yeah. loud music in the starting area, I think that would have been okay. Well, but yeah, maybe, maybe good, he's just want to be focused and... It's a good point, because the atmosphere at the start was very different to yeah, the, very, very. the course yeah. like the the most of the course yeah. most of the course there was people everywhere there was music yeah. there was uh you know it was very lively but at the start it was totally different yeah yeah that's it what was like very, yeah. very quiet very very as i said yeah. peaceful is the first word yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just yeah, like yeah, just very relaxed relax. maybe he did want that because i mean yeah. Ineos did the event but like in my opinion really really well yeah. and and I, and i think that if he wanted it to be music and stuff he probably, yeah, I, probably I could have so. organized that yeah because it was like all about Like very, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's very relaxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after that, we shifted from the start area to around, sort of close to the finish area. Yeah, quite close. Yeah, yeah. And there would have been um, <laughs> Ineos uh, published <laughs> a couple of days ago, actually, a few days after the event, that there was a hundred and twenty thousand people on the course watching. Uh, we had some opinions about about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, n- take nothing away from the amazing experience. We're yeah. not questioning that, but we're not sure if there was that many people. No, I I think I would have said like twenty, thirty thousand. Yeah, if somebody had asked, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> never know whether <laughs> we, we were thinking maybe they included the people that were asleep <laughs> by in the house, yeah, yeah, or, or sleeping in the park after the what was the local, <laughs> local, local October Oktoberfest yeah. going on. <laughs> there was a there was a local Oktoberfest literally on the course, yeah, <laughs> right near the big roundabout. Yeah, yeah, we actually went there for a for a beer after yeah. our training run on Friday the day yeah. before. So maybe they included those. People yeah, in, I think hundred twenty thousand. Yeah, some of them are still there, like eight a.m. <laughs> yeah, but again, take nothing away from yeah, you yeah. know the. It was an amazing atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and because of the way that the the, the course was, there was obviously quite thick trees and, and bush, yeah. very close. It didn't feel empty. Yeah. You know, the, the thought of twenty or thirty thousand people sort of seems like oh, that's not many, but because yeah. of the, sort of the way of the that the course was instructed, it actually seemed like the atmosphere was really nice. Yeah. It was really good. And what I like. Quite much, also like you, you can, you can see like people. There were a lot of people like who's probably never been to any kind of track and field event or any kind of running event. Yeah. Like they were watching the watching the race or whatever you call it. Yeah. That was quite interesting for me. Like I, I've heard many people saying like it's this is not good for running and stuff like that afterwards. But I think I think there were so many people like who's never even seen marathon running before. Yeah. yeah. I think that was uh, that was. Very good, mm. like showcase yeah. for marathon running overall. Why, why were people's opinions like that? That it wasn't good for marathon running. I think. I mean, I saw a couple, but you probably saw more than. Yeah, I, at least for Finnish people, I think there's some of them. Like many of them are complaining, like it's gonna take so much off when the when it happens, like first time, like breaking two, yeah. like happens for the first time. So it's taking so much off from that, and it's and it's like the marathon running should be like something feeling the pain and it's it's not like a show but i i, I think that's welcome to the 2019 yeah, we're yeah. not in the 70s anymore yeah, so yeah. it's normally the yeah. people that just think everything should stay the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think that's my opinion and i think this is something like athletics will need in the future as well it yeah. doesn't if it's 100 meter dash or 200 meter or 
or pole vaulting. I think something you can do like in the city center, yeah. some kind of more show. It's it's yeah. perfect. It doesn't need to be that competitive or official no. anymore. That was it was good in the seventies, eighties, but yeah. not anymore. Yeah, we do progress. Yeah, hopefully as a world. Uh... Yeah, for many for yeah. many years you were thinking like nothing's gonna happen. So yeah. I think this is a good example. Yeah. I had, a, happen. I had a couple of friends that uh, didn't like the idea of it yeah. and then sort of came around to it when it came closer and they yeah. changed their opinions, yeah. I think, when they saw. Yeah. And especially after it, when it just hit the global news. Like, yeah. It was all over like New, oh, York, yeah. New York Times, The yeah. Economist, like everyone's publishing it. Yeah. And that's like, that's got to be good for running. Yeah. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like that crap. Like many media, they were saying like it's official world record and... Yeah. I don't. I don't oh. like. I don't like that stuff. But I, like. But that's. Uh, I think that's another topic as well. So yeah, they're, so about they're, the qual- quality of the many media. But I think, I think if you, yeah, if you tell if you told people like, what it's all about, I think, yeah, definitely good for the sport. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. So too. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see though if this. Uh, you know, I think the the thinking behind it was. Um, uh, and by the way, we're going to talk a bit about like the whole timeline of the Ineos uh, challenge in a minute. But um, the thinking was, you know, it opens up the minds of other runners. Once one person's gone sub two, it means, you know, other other runners think it's possible. Mm-hmm. I guess similar to the Roger Bannister, you know, sub four minute mile. Once he broke it, <laughs> there are there are stories and rumors published by media that as soon as he broke it, everyone broke it. But it actually took a few <laughs> years. Yeah. Actually, took a few years. I mean, I mean, uh, there was one guy. Um, I, I haven't I, ever broken it. <laughs> yeah, I, I still haven't either. There was one guy. I feel bad rem- not remembering his name because I think he was he was he's very well known. But he broke John it very Landy. short. John Landy. Yeah. He he broke it shortly after. But then yeah. there was actually a couple of like a year or two yeah, until yeah, the next yeah. person. But then of course after that it, it piled on. And yeah, many people. There's broke a it, great but... TV TV series about the breaking yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I saw it like. 20 years about ago, them like, breaking four yeah, like, minimal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, four yeah. minimal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. three. Yeah, but I don't remember the game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm sure people listening know know it anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so the Ineos timeline. So we were speaking just before we recorded this podcast about how it was very similar to Monza. Yeah. Um, in the, when they announced it, it was about how long before the actual date. It was, I think, May fifth. I'd say. Is it when they announced it? Yeah. It was just exactly. Two years after Monza breaking two yeah. happened. No, yeah. not happened, but yeah. <laughs> a little, little so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how many months before? Five, uh, about five and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I, the, yeah, that was done. Like they announced, like they they will run it yeah. this fall. Yeah, yeah. They didn't say anything else, and Kipchoge will be the only star. Yeah, as well. So and of course they had already planned many things before they announced it. Yeah. Um, uh, just by chance, actually, I, I okay. So uh, the day after Ineos, I was I was walking um, uh, near my apartment in Vienna that I rented, and uh, I saw a guy with an Ineos bag, Ineos Challenge bag, and I was like, that looks cool. I would buy one of them. And I went and asked him. I said, what? Where did you get that bag? And he goes, No, I actually work for Ineos. And I said, Oh, okay, that's how you've got the bag. He did say you can buy the bag online, but um, he did say. Uh, I said congratulations on an awesome event. He said, uh, "Yeah, thanks so much." He goes, "It's been a, um, it's been a big project, uh, and I don't remember the wording he used, but he said nine months." Yeah. So Probably, that's yeah, how I long it took yeah. for them to, I and guess, it the, decide it and then go ahead and. It was actually. London Marathon organization. Yeah. That put it, put it on. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think it was. They had some because I saw some interview before before the the project started. So I think they had some kind of plan plans to put it in London, but. Of course, the weather. Yeah. Weather in London in October is it's not going to be yeah. probably that perfect. So. Actually, I remember Kipchoge yeah. posting an Instagram or maybe it was on Facebook too. Um, 
uh, hint that it was going to be in London. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he posted oh, like yeah. it's a picture of him sitting in a room with a clock behind him, and yeah. the clock said two. Yeah. Or it said like one fifty nine or two. Or oh, something okay, like that. okay. And he said something like, "I'm looking forward to coming back to London, or what will I do yeah, in London yeah, next time, or something yeah. like that." And everyone thought oh, yeah. something's happening in London soon. Yeah. But then I think shortly after that, they maybe realized there was better places to have it. Yeah, I think it was end of end of June when they when they released it. It'll be in in Vienna. Yeah. Yeah. So why did they? I mean, I I, I vaguely remember, but I think maybe you you know more. Why did they choose Vienna? It was because like they wanted to have like uh, because of uh, time difference from Kenya. Yeah. Like it, it was supposed to be like in between like three hours. Yeah. So it was around Europe, anyways. Anyways, and then they decided, okay. You have to have perfect altitude, altitude of course, and then ten course should have been perfect as well. Yeah. So I think it was because I think those were matching quite well in Vienna, and also I think like Jos Hermans, who is I think is he manager of he's the, the like the leader of the yeah, management. He's a leader of the management, yeah. and I think he, yeah. along with Valentin, yeah, yeah, manage him. Yeah, yeah. Like he used to. He was actually pacing his Henry Rono back in 1978, okay. like 10,000 meter world record in Prater, like in the same park. Yeah. So okay. I think that was, that was probably one of the reasons as yeah, well, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Why, why it was taken to, yeah. to Vienna as well. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 1978. Okay. Yeah. When that happened. So. Yeah. So I think those were... And, it was now, perfect. It was a perfect course. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine. Yeah, I can, I can see. Like, I, I think our elevation gain on that twenty k run was like six meters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. I think so. Yeah, and if like I, I, I've run probably most of the European, like the big cities in Europe, and I think after being in Vienna a few days, I think running wise, like marathon wise, I think mm. it's a, probably the best. Yeah, a lot of good paved flat mm-hmm. courses around, so I think it was a good choice. Yeah, it's a very flat city. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so they decided that in about June that it would be in Vienna, and yeah. then they then they announced a window. Yeah, it was eight days. Eight days. Yeah. So originally the window was October twelve to twenty. Yeah. Which was obviously positioned at that point for a few reasons. One, weather wise, perfect, but they had to yeah. they had to avoid having it on the same time as probably World Championships yeah. in Doha, which was just before that. Yeah. Um, and they did. I mean, they did pick at the same time as Chicago Marathon, but I guess that's probably not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they probably want to, out of respect, avoid having it on the same time as Berlin Marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, Berlin Marathons fell at the same time as Doha World Champs anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think the main reason was, was probably the weather. Yeah, I think the weather. It's it was supposed to be like ten Celsius. Yeah. And it was nine or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah, no, it was, it was no wind. The humidity yeah. was slightly high, but I think I'm not a weather expert. But I think that when when it gets yeah. quite low, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and I think it got better like after after a while. Yeah, like the fog got off, and yeah, uh, I don't think it it mattered at all. So yeah, yeah, but it was, I think it was beginning of that week when they announced like Kipchoge has left to Vienna. And now it's yeah. like, it was only like three days window after all. Yeah, it was good because I at least had a. Had flights, yeah. Only during that week, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You so were I was, hoping. I was very pleased with that, yeah, yeah that yeah. information. So, yeah, yeah. So I didn't leave the day before. I mean, broke y- the two. Yeah, you'd have to assume that they were, yeah. obviously pushing hard for that weekend because yeah. once they announced the window, they did say when they announced the window, they said that the, the tentative date is the first day, yeah, October twelfth, which is a Saturday, yeah. and yeah. and quite a few people, you know, maybe thousands, maybe a thousand or two yeah. or more, would have booked, yeah. On that weekend, so it yeah. would have been a bit of a letdown mm-hmm. if they didn't yes. have it on that weekend. Yes. So, so they were pro- clearly pushing. Yeah. But then, about 
yeah, a week before or five days before they announced the window was closed yeah. to three days, so 12th to the 15th, which was Saturday to Monday, yeah. which was great for us because that was our trip, yeah. exactly, the days yeah. we were there. And then they announced three days before yeah, that it was going to be, yeah. be on Saturday. Yeah. Before Elliot starts carbon loading. Yeah. I think that was yeah, the Yeah, 72 yeah. hours. Yeah. 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 I think the perfect weather was perfect. Yeah. They they had a good guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they knew it six months, five months before. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very well planned. Yeah. And I think the day before they decided the starting time. Yeah. That was on Friday. Yeah. Which was originally, which was, I think. which was interesting because I, if anyone watched the Swiddly Instagram account, I did a story on the day before. The mo- so, so on the Friday morning, we did the temper around the afternoon. Yeah. In the morning, I went out to the course and, and, and jogged around. I actually was lucky enough to to, to, to bump into the <laughs> Kipchoge and his crew. Yeah. I, I did a bit of running with them as well. But that's not the point. The point was um, I went down to the uh, the course. I videoed uh, one of the roundabouts because it was interesting because it was tight, but it was a bank. So I, I showed that. And I went to the camera crew. or there, there was the, All the sort of media crew were there. Yeah. And I asked them, I said, what time is the start going to be tomorrow? And he said, uh, it's probably going to be six. But it's not confirmed, and then only a few hours later they announced like eight yeah. fifteen, so a yeah, little later than we thought. But yeah, I think it was because the weather stayed quite same anyway. Yeah. So I think yeah. for the public, for the people watching, I think if it had started five or six a.m., I yeah. think yeah. there would have been not hundred twenty thousand or sixty thousand nah. only, so yeah. so helpless, yeah. so That's something true. like that. But yeah. I think that was good, yeah, good time for everybody. So you mentioned before. Three days before he started carbo loading. So, of course, we don't know exactly what he did there, yeah. right? But it'd be good to just very briefly talk about what he probably may have done. Because we know he uses Morton yeah. as a sponsor. Um, I think, of all people, you, you're actually very knowledgeable in this space. You've done a lot of research and, and, and sort of trial, trial and error. Probably, yeah, more of like trialing, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, what works for, for you? Like, what do you do normally for a race? I think maltodextrin yeah. works for, which probably is one of the... Main yeah. ingredients in Morton as yeah, well. Yeah, it is yeah. the main ingredient. Yeah, yeah. so I, I start doing that. But I think probably he did like Wednesday and Thursday that and then quite normal on Friday. That's my guess. Okay. Yeah. What's the reasoning for the day before being quite normal? I think... Doesn't it... Does multi-diction have quite a, like, a delayed... Oh, yeah, how does it, how does I, it... I think that's also... I, I think also like the stomach. Like avoiding stomach issues. Right. Also like you, you, you don't want to be like too full. Yeah. The starting line so I think that's one reason but I, of course I don't know what they've been researching or what's, yeah. what, what works for best for, for of Eliud it's slightly it's, different yeah so I think it's I'm, I'm not that expert yeah. in that so just, no I know I, I mean I guess I, I only say that because like yeah. you've trialed lots of things yeah. well, not lots of things but you've you know, yeah. you know done a lot yeah. of marathons quite a few marathons now and yeah because yeah. I've, I've done exactly what you've done and it tends yeah. to make be, be really good for me yeah. yeah about three days before start yeah. loading a multi I mean you could have the Morton drink which is loaded with maltodextrin you could also just buy maltodextrin powder yeah which and, is very sort of, cheap which is very, quite cheap <laughs> much cheaper than Morton Morton's a, Morton's a great product by the way yeah, like yeah. I, I, I've used it in marathons but you can sort of make your own like Morton once or you can use your own, you can sort yeah. of create your own Morton in a way yeah. maybe it's not exactly the same obviously it's maybe missing something but yeah. um, so you basically just mix Morton with electrolytes yeah and um it's likely he did that, but he, he probably also stuck to his normal diet in Kenya and and bought Ugali and yeah and I think things. I think they will they will stick to that yeah as well it's highly likely yeah yeah I could imagine that yeah. they're not gonna change change too much yeah too much on that so and I think uh, in a racing day I was thinking like he he had a very small amount of drinks like every two every mm. few kilometers yeah I think they say like zero point like half half deciliter. 
Like yeah. Those. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they gave it to. How much is that in uh, milliliters? Five. Yeah. Okay. Five, like very small, like very small bottles. Right. Yeah. Okay. And with, with, with gels as well. I think that was the at least plan at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Did they did they follow that house strictly? But yeah. And also gels, some gels. But I think it was also to avoid some stomach issues. Yeah. Like they were wanting, like, because normal, normal marathons, like you have to take like bigger, bigger, like the doses. Yes. Because like you only have a certain amount yeah. of tables and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. cannot drink like every two, two yeah. K. So yeah. it was like. That was like their plan as well. Yeah. About the stomach issues. And yeah. Yeah. I think that's make a great deal in a finishing time as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the day after, we both did a long run. Mentioned before, you did 45K. I, did, yeah. I only did 37. I was uh, uh, not quite as um, energetic as you that day. But uh, we ran, we spent a bit of that run with Brett Robertson, who is an Australian um 10k half marathon marathon runner. He's qualified already for the, or at least got the automatic selection for, for Tokyo Olympics next year. He, uh, we spoke to him for probably an hour and a half and asked him a few questions. And he's also interviewed by the Inside Running podcast, which is an Australian podcast. And I listened to that the other day and, and I actually sent them a message asking if I could talk a little bit about what they talk about. And they said, yeah. no problem. Um, good podcast, by the way, if anyone wants to check them out, Inside Running podcast. It's a group of Australians, uh, good good, good runners that, that have some good uh, topics that they speak about. But um, yeah, so Brett told us that uh, um, we, we spoke uh, to him about a, f- a few different things. But I guess one of the questions that I had to him was that I was curious about was, um, of course, beforehand, many people were predicting his mm-hmm. time, right? And I, I must just point out, very, I was quite proud of the fact that I predicted his time to, to the second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the reason why, actually, this is on the topic I'm about to speak about, right? Some people were thinking one yeah, one fifty eight, yeah. right? Now, and for I thought, example, I did like, and I, and I thought, and I thought he can run, he yeah. could run one fifty eight. I yeah. think he has the ability to, but he was, yeah. in my opinion, he was never going to do it that day. And I'll tell you why. Or at least in my opinion, and and it kind of my opinion actually ended up working out just as I thought. So. You know, they had the, the, the paces and the car running at um, uh, just under two-hour pace, so about a 159.50 pace. Yeah. And I knew that beforehand. I, I read that in a number of different sources. And I thought to myself, in order to run under 159, in order to run 58, it would mean that he would have to pick up the pace from, like, 35K. And I thought, that's pretty risky. Or maybe going early, early faster. And that's risky, too. It's very risky. He's yeah. never done it. He's never run that pace before. No one's ever done it, yeah. obviously. So I thought... I thought the earliest that they would pick the pace up was maybe at 40. Yeah. And what happened was he picked the pace up at 41. Yeah. Now, I asked Brett what was the what was the instructions there, and he said um, the plan was that at around 41, yeah. Valentin, the manager, was riding on the bike next to them. Yeah. Um, he would say to Elliot, how are you feeling? He obviously gave him some sort of signal yeah. or thumbs up or whatever, or he said something, and then the pace is split and he was on his own. So it was at 41. And then in the last K, or 1.2 roughly K, uh, or for the Americans, uh, three-quarter mile, um, he picked up the pace and ran the last part a little quicker, so 240 per K. And so people that predicted 158, I thought, well, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough this time around because that would mean that he would have to make some sort of call yeah. at like 35 or 37 yeah. and then start dropping like 240s, mm-hmm. which which is very risky. If he yeah. started doing that at 35, he could run out of... Mm-hmm. Well, we now think he probably would have been able to do that, yeah. but beforehand we didn't know that. Yeah, and that was the only thing. Like they wanted only sub two. Yeah, they didn't want to check out like how fast he could run. Yes, which I think many many people forget as yeah, well. Yeah, like they think like one fifty nine forty was the maximum on that day that Kipchoge yeah. was able to do. But 
Yeah. I would say he's <laughs> able to do way faster than that. Yeah, so yeah. it's just which sounds quite crazy. Quite, yeah, quite it's crazy. True. But the way way he looked during the race, like during the run or do, after the race. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's shit. no way he was near his no, max. No, no. Like that was the one thing. Like I was, I would have liked to see him like from the beginning, two, three seconds faster, okay. faster K. Yeah. Going like one fifty seven. Yeah, well, <laughs> see, to see him suffer. The simple math like, is, yeah, yeah to see him course, really stink. Of course, that would have been too risky. Like overall, the whole project would have been. Yeah. Like he's running two o two. Yeah. Of course, that would have been a big disappointment. Yeah, so yeah. one fifty nine forty, I think they happy to take that. But I think people are saying, okay, these shoes or whatever makes him two minutes faster. Okay, what if he had run one fifty seven? So maybe he's able to do one fifty nine in Berlin marathon, whatever or yeah. whatever marathon. Yeah, he's able to do so. I think yeah. that looked too easy. Yeah, that was the yeah because in mar- I think in marathon that's something I want to see. Like I want to see some suffer and you yeah. go like to see your limits. But I think that's. That's was, something we didn't see. He was, he was not at his limit. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're at the end pointing around to the crowd and like, I mean, yeah, the last hundred, the last 400 meters look, look, look great. But like how he was in the five minutes after he finished yeah. was even more impressive. He was running around still yeah. giving high fives. And, yeah, like, and, like Brett said, like, like this mosh pit, like, yeah. kind of like afterwards. Yeah, he was yeah. like still like. Oh, he can manage that. Yeah, Brett, Brett was like, after London Marathon, he couldn't move. He said, That's right. He said, like, there was 100 meters for him to get. This is Brett yeah. Robinson talking. He said, there was 100 meters to get from the finish line to, like, the exit. And it took him, like, 10 minutes or something like that. And then he was like, how can Kip Turgay run 159.40 and be, like, bouncing around in a mosh pit straight afterwards? <laughs> so he's clearly, he's clearly not at his limit. And like you said, if you do the simple math, three seconds per kilometer is two minutes yeah. over a marathon. So yeah. had the car been set at, you know, what what was the pace, 250 yeah. or 251? Yeah. If the pace was set at 248, he probably probably oh, could have run 157 I right. I think that day, yeah. So, which goes back to something you kind of just said, like if he can run, let, let's assume, yeah. big, big assumption, but let's assume he can do that. Mm-hmm. He can run 157 high, yeah. <laughs> two minutes quicker. If the pace was set at three seconds per kilometer quicker from the beginning, yeah. um, what can he run in a normal race if he's paced well? I mean, that's that's a big factor too. But you know, yeah, if but he's... I think I think they've been talking about the pacemakers like in this in this challenge. But I think the weather was so perfect. Yeah, like having like normal two three guys all the way to thirty k or twenty five k. I think, uh, of course, it's hard to say, but I don't see that big difference no. in that in that weather. Of no. course, it's been even a little windy, but it was like just perfect weather, like overall so yeah. i don't know what was like the <laughs> real help with that yeah that army of the pacers so it's hard to say but yeah. I, i'm i'm quite positive to say like if bekele ran one uh 201 41 in berlin i think if Choga would have been close to <laughs> close to two hours in berlin yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and at least very very close yeah. yeah it'll be really um Good to see what happens next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, will they race? Will they? Will they do the Tokyo Olympics, for yeah. example? Like we, like I, init- I initially thought that it would be it, it, they wouldn't do the Tokyo Olympics, but then someone actually pointed something out that I kind of like didn't think about. Like I didn't actually realize <laughs> this is a bit silly of me. I didn't realize there was prize money for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. There is, there is. It's yeah, not, it's not anywhere near Berlin, but it's, no. it's still, it's still there. And. Um, it's more of a, like a legacy thing. I kind of didn't oh. really fully think that through. And I mean, if Bikili, initially my standpoint was like, 
Of course, it's just speculation and thinking. Yeah. I was like, well, they both, both they both won the Olympics. Yeah. So why would you do that again when Berlin Marathon, if you break the world record, you win, you win roughly a million mm. US dollars or give or take a few hundred thousand. But then if Bikili wins the Olympics in the marathon, he, he's won Olympics in three different events. And how many people have done that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if Kipchoge wins the Olympics in the marathon again, they, there's only one other person that's ever done that, won two Olympics, mm-hmm. and that was back in like the 50s or 60s. I think it was someone from Ethiopia. Again, apologies for not recalling the name, but... Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. So there is definitely a legacy thing that I initially didn't yeah. really think through. So it will be interesting to see because um, <laughs> Tokyo Mar- Tokyo uh, Olympics and Berlin Marathon are only a month apart. Yeah. So they're going to have to choose one or the other. They can't do... You assume they wouldn't do both. Yeah. So interesting to see. And I think one person people forget is Joffrey Kamborer. Yeah. I think he's, yeah, running, yeah. he's running Copenhagen half. It was so effortless, like his yeah. in that wind yeah. world record in half marathon. I think, I think, I think he's able to run sub two also yeah. quite close. So yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that. And it's interesting to see him running in New York, yeah. running the marathon. Again. Yes. So yeah, I think that's. I would love to see like them three going against each other yeah. next fall. That would be the. They're way, all way bigger. They're way all... big. They're yeah. all managed by NN though. And, yeah, and yeah. You never yeah. know. These guys, yeah. NN running team, they're smart guys. Like, <laughs> so, you know, you might the, the crowd want to see them all yeah. racing, but they might have they might have different yeah. objectives there. But I think that would be the marathon of like the century. Yeah, like leaving all these like fake fake challenges yeah. and whatever, like leaving far behind. Yeah, like just those three. Yeah, but I don't know. Is that ever gonna happen? Or... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and of course Bekele and Kipchoge they're not young boys anymore, no. so it's not it's not going to be too many years no. left anymore. For Kambora can do it like still like ten years, yep. running like sub hour thirty minutes marathon if yep. he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> never, never know. On Jeffrey Kambora, obviously he was in perfect shape to run the world marathon, uh, the world record for the half. But yeah. um, we were in Sweet uh, Elite had a, a sort of a um, training camp and a, a study in Kenya at the time when they were preparing and I heard through someone that heard through someone so yes a little bit distant information that he was basically matching Kipchoge in all, yeah. all training sessions I could imagine like the so, way, way it looked in, in Copenhagen yeah <laughs> so, if he was matching him in the in the 30k tempo runs and the and the intervals you'd have to assume he's yeah yeah, yeah in uh, able to possibly race pretty close to him in a, in a, in a full marathon yeah, so. yeah, but I think marathon is—it's interesting, interesting world at the moment. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, big, big changes and yeah, hard, good times. Yeah, a few other things that back on the topic of uh, that run afterwards with with Brett. What else did we talk about with him? I know, I know, on the Inside Running podcast, he he. Uh, so again, referencing the the podcast I listened to a couple of days ago, um, he did say that uh, that he was asked about two and a half months beforehand to be a pacer, he said that there was a financial incentive to, for him to actually go sub two. He didn't say how much it was. Um, all pacers were paid a bonus if he if they nailed it. Um, uh, he said that they just treated him really well, like all the pacers very well in terms mm-hmm. of all the communication and so on that happened um, in the lead up uh, on the race day, etc. Um, yeah, it was. It sounded like from a pacer's point of view, it was it was also very well well organized and well done and he got a trophy with Kipchoge's autograph and he 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 did say he was disappointed that Kipchoge didn't shout any paces of beer afterwards oh <laughs> he was so, not running the day actually. Yeah. I, was, I was kind of disappointed that so yeah. I would have expected him to run like 
45k long run on Sunday after yeah. Kipchoge. Yeah, we were hoping that we'd see him out there doing a re- doing a recovery run, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, or maybe but, uh, maybe we were too late or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did say Kipchoge was at the after party, but didn't didn't hang around too much. I don't think. Yeah, um, I think his his family was. Yes, in the first time, ever, yeah, watching the race. That's right. He he hugged his wife straight yeah. after the run. Yeah, and yeah. kids and everybody was there. He also said that he had a private chef there, which mm. I guess makes sense. Mm. Um, in his own suite at the at the Marriott there in Vienna, oh. which was interesting. I guess he was cooking ugali and <laughs> spinach most of the time. But yeah, what a quite a good job for the chef to yeah, yeah. to do that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, uh, big thanks to Brad Robinson for sharing some of those details and yeah. Inside Running Podcast for allowing us to sort of reference that. But um, Brett did a two-hour run while we did the longer run. He's preparing yeah. for New York Marathon as well. Um, I asked him what his goal was. He wasn't super uh, clear on that yet, but I guess with a 210, 55 personal best, you'd have to assume he'd be trying to probably better that. So but it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, and so you, you said actually... Uh, maybe 20 minutes ago that there was a lot of media that was uh, maybe a little bit incorrect and maybe we can talk a bit about about that after after the event that is yeah I think of course everybody wants to have their own piece of this challenge so yeah so I think yeah I was I was kind of pissed to read all these all these stories about the big big magazines and big papers about like the very wrong information like yeah Who's running with what? And well, a few of them even like made the simple mistake of saying he wore yeah. the next percents, yeah, that's... which he didn't wear them at all. He, he wore the, uh, yeah. the the new ones, which oh, again, sorry, referencing what Brett, Brett Robinson told us, the shoes Kipchoge was wearing, which which apparently are called Alpha Flies. Don't quote us on that; that's the rumor. Yeah, and they're going to be released mid next year. Yeah, according to, to what is to what is going to be the price? Fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, you'd have to assume probably similar to the next percent, maybe slightly more, but who knows. <laughs> Um, but sorry, off topic. Uh, that was a mistake media made. The yeah. Economist wrote an interesting article questioning the vapor flies and how much they make a a, 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 a difference. Yeah. And they said that he wore next percents, and so did a few others. Yeah, uh, but he yeah. did, he did not wear next percents. He wore he wore the other ones that have apparently quite a bit more. You, you know more about this than me, I think. But more carbon plates yeah. and more of the foam. What's it? The foam called the Zoom X. Zoom X. Yeah. yeah. Well, some people were complaining. Of course, we get. Bridget Koske ran, mm. ran the women's world record in Chicago. Yeah, we'll talk a bit about that yeah. in a moment, but yeah, yeah so that was people huge. Were, people were saying like she was running with the same shoes Thank you, Choge was running yeah, that's right. in Vienna, and they that's were right. like, yeah. So, I don't know, that's just, yeah, feels like it's cool cool to be against yeah. everything, I think, yeah. nowadays. Like, I think this was just a big show, and I think it was good for the running overall. So. Oh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think that's something that running needs yeah at the moment so yeah my, my my dad called me the following day after Ineos and he said it's it's in every news yeah, yeah. all over the TV in yeah. Australia all the other side of the world yeah I mean running in Australia is not huge I don't think yeah like you know biggest marathon I think is I think it's Melbourne or Gold Coast they both get maybe 10,000 in the full so yeah. you know the halves get a bit more maybe 20 uh, rough rough figures here yeah. I don't know exactly so it's not a huge running country yeah. Um, and it was all over the news in yeah. Australia, every channel. So yeah. it really reached a lot. It went, it went global for sure. <laughs> and uh, what, what, what else were the, were the mistakes that we, we heard in there? There was, a, there was a few. I, I think the biggest was like they, they were comparing that uh, like the real world record. And, yeah. And uh, something like this, right. is, this is illegal. And of yeah. course, it's, it was just a 
<laughs> just a time trial kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, but I think yeah. So illegal is an interesting word to use yeah. because like doing something illegal means you're breaking yeah, the law. Yeah, that's that's something. Like they're not they're, breaking any law. Yeah, they, like, they, they never. They, they made it. They clearly stated that. They oh were, yeah, yeah. They were weren't they, following the rules of IWA. Yeah, they made made Kipchoge sound like a criminal. <laughs> yeah, many of and like, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was it was kind of interesting. I mean, and also very sad. Like so, yeah. Like it's like you said. I think media just like to be against yeah. uh, against the have a different standpoint <laughs> and yeah. And also, I think it's lack of knowledge. And, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, most people listening would probably know that it didn't count as a world record. But Ineos never aimed for that anyway. They no, were never. No. They were, you know, there there are IAA International Athletics, IAAF International Athletics. <laughs> I don't even know what it stands for, but federation. Yeah. But uh, they, they they set the rules for the you know the, the global marathons and the and the um, track and field events globally, and they set their own rules. And Ineos were very clear at the start, as were as were the Nike breaking two yeah. two years ago. They they're not following those rules, mm-hmm. but they still wanted to prove that a human could run it, and <laughs> that's where media made a big. Yeah. Well, not all media, but but mm-hmm. you know, at least the media that aren't you know runners world understand it. They publish the right information and so flow track and so on. But like media outside of running world, they don't yeah. understand that yeah. that there are <laughs> there are rules set by the IAAF and, and EOS and Monza uh, Nike sub two just weren't following those rules, and that's fine. Yeah, and I think that was that's... also the part of the challenge anyway. So yeah. like they wanted to make like having all these like pacemakers, yeah, pacemaker armies, and yeah, yeah. So I think it was just part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of interesting media afterwards, but I guess it's worth maybe just ignoring some of those ones yeah, that have, have no idea what they're so, talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was an awesome event in our opinion, and we, it's obviously very good for the for the running world. Yeah. And some friends of mine um, that aren't even really into running. You know, I obviously posted on my social media accounts that I was I, I was there and posted a picture of at the at the end and. Quite a few people send me messages going like, "Wow, this is just so awesome to see," and they're, they're like, "Not even yeah, yeah, no yeah. runners or anything like that." And like, I think yeah. one of them even said like, "It's kind of making them interested to get into marathon running and stuff like that." So yeah, I think that that's the coolest thing there. Like, yeah. it's just yeah, it's making making marathon more sexy. I yeah, think, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. something that's something marathon needs. Yeah, yeah. So if it's if it's this the way, just go for it. Yeah, and I think. It won't take anything off from the first sub two, like the real sub two marathon runner either. No, so. and I think also think like that will happen. Yep, as well in the future. Yeah, like in not not too, not going too long. Yeah, as you yeah. said before, I think it just it really needs two of those three guys yeah. to race. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I so. mean, all three means a means a uh, the greatest race of, of the maybe ever, but at least of this decade. Yeah, but um. Uh, it just needs two people to push each other hard yeah. to the end because both Kipchoge and Bikile running their 201.39 and 201.41 respectively, they didn't have anyone pushing them at the end at all. So, yeah. Well, Bikile had had someone a bit longer, but yeah. even still he had to run the last few kilometers alone. Yeah. Um, but if they were both pushed all the way, then I think maybe a sub two hour marathon in a race is, is not far away. But it, it, the question that, the big question is, and you sort of brought up another point, they're both getting... Kind of old though. I mean, clearly they're yeah. both at their peak too. Yeah, they? yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah but, but, but uh, they're not going to be probably there be like in five years. No, so, so it yeah. has to. We, at least if we're talking about these two guys or three. If you, yeah. you Cameron was a bit younger. Yeah, yeah, he's like twenty six or something. Yeah, well, like he's yeah, yeah. he's obviously going to yeah. probably 
He may be the maybe the man. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm thinking like he, he's probably he will be the one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I see a lot of many many same things in Kipchoge and just just yeah. a little younger version. Yeah, he yeah. could be the next. Uh, it's looking like he'll be the next guy that rides through the ranks if he's yeah. 26. I know he's in his mid 20s. Yeah, yeah. He was racing in Finland as well, like 10 years ago, and luckily he didn't get stuck here. Yeah, <laughs> he had a Finnish manager at that time, and oh, luckily okay. it was only one year. And yeah, yeah, he was running like all small, small running events here. Yeah, like when he was like sixteen. Or okay. <laughs> luckily he he was not here the yeah. next day, the year after. <laughs> back to Kenya. Yeah, yeah, and back yeah. to Europe. Yeah, 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 got some got some real managers. Yeah. <laughs> so we think we think it's possible. Yeah, that's up to yeah, our yeah, marathon yeah. in a yeah, in a yeah. in a in a real event. Yeah, I mean you'd have to think. That Bikile, the way he ran Berlin this year, and and Kipchoge, they're both in shape to do it more or less now. Yeah. But it's just about getting the right conditions and, yeah. and maybe a pacer to take them to twenty five thirty, which is very hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many guys that can run <laughs> run even pace fifty nine high. And then keep going for a while. Yeah, that's that's. The I mean, there's, there's there's some, but there are some, yeah. But I think after twenty five k, yeah, it'll be di- difficult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but of course, Gumbor always show like he can, he can push it like by himself as yeah. well. Yeah. So, like in half marathon. Yeah. So all three guys are pretty good at pushing the yeah. pace themselves. Yeah, I think which so. is good. Bakili yeah. is really good at that. Yeah. I mean, if you look back at his five uh, k, one of his world records, it could be ten five five or ten. He runs most of it on his own. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, it it's impeccable. Like, what is the motivation motivation level? Yeah. At that point, like, does yeah. he really want to, or has he proved already? He's, he's an interesting he's... character. I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> I was in Ethiopia early this year on a, on a Swelly research trip in January, and I and I was very fortunate to meet the coach early on and, and spend a bit of time there. Now he was injured at the time, yeah. so I didn't really see him train. Briefly met him, but um, he's <laughs> his coach. And a couple of other people that are sort of close to him, which I, I don't need to mention names. Uh, I guess it's almost like kind of common knowledge now. That he's quite late. He's quite late. Yeah, yeah. Like when yeah. he's injured and like when he's not, when he, if he doesn't have a goal close, you yeah. know, in yeah. sight, he can get really like, he can put on weight and not really train much. And, yeah. and, and, and there was, there was rumors around, which I have got um, some sort of verbal confirmation that are true through someone that was in Ethiopia, that in May, only, so May, June, July, August, only four months before Berlin, he was like overweight, out of shape yeah. in, in in Ethiopia. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah. I, I actually sent a message on Facebook to his coach after the event, asking. Uh, so, so this is this is Bikili and, um, and Berlin Marathon, by the way, we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, I said, how long did? Because there was rumors on on some media saying he trained for six weeks beforehand. I thought, <laughs> I thought that that sounds a little a little far fetched. So I sent a message to the coach, and and the coach is. Uh, He's not the best with his his phone, so sometimes he doesn't sort of respond. But it's not he just doesn't check it sometimes. And he responded this time though, and he said eight weeks of training. So now we don't know exactly what that means. Yeah. You know, I asked the question: how much, how many weeks of consistent training did he do? And the answer was eight weeks. Yeah. So maybe before that he had some inconsistent training, but I know he's been battling a few injuries. Yeah. Um. But yeah. but I think yeah, he he's so talented guy. So if he just Finds the motivation. Yeah, to push it like three little, months. Yeah, three months. So yeah. I think he will be there at least. And yeah, <laughs> but we were, we were both at the Berlin Marathon start line, and we could see the screen that showed the front line of runners. And we both said, so we, we you were in the elite field, elite, yeah, and I yeah. was in the A zone, yeah. so I was a little bit behind you. But um, if we both said after the race that he didn't look 
Yeah, no, no. Super I, fit on the yeah, start I line. saw him like the same <laughs> same morning, like we, we were going to Boston, or whatever. And yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't even like almost recognize him. So I think we were both thinking the same thing. Like, of course, this is like this is stupid to even say, but like we were both thinking he'll probably won't finish, or yeah, yeah, he probably will run like two hundred four or something like that, two hundred five. But he doesn't. He just didn't look. Yeah, like he was in his best shape. He just, no, no, no. Yeah. What yeah. was it about him? Maybe it's like a little. Was it overweight or I don't know? Clearly, <laughs> yeah. how can you call someone overweight that runs two hundred one? But like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think he just something about him just didn't look. He almost yeah. like looked a bit tired or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was, and I, I remember like sitting there like the elite elite tent after after finishing race, and then there was the screen showing the results and then live TV, and, and I was like, particularly one two hundred one forty one. Then I started thinking like, is that the world record? <laughs> yeah. No, that's two seconds off. Yeah. What what happened? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. When I found out after the race, a guy that I finished close to got his phone quickly and checked it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. No. 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 I was no, like, no. no. I said, check it again. Like, refresh it again. He's like, no, it's two hundred one forty one. Anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see him in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like when we we should wrap up the podcast pretty soon. It's almost yeah. been an hour, but I think we should, even though this podcast is. Uh, the topic, the main topic, is about our experience at Ineos. We should briefly talk about Bridget Cosgar's run because that was, that was, uh, you know, there's no point in comparing which one was better, but but that was as good yeah. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. To run to fourteen oh four, which is the fastest female marathon ever by yeah. by a long way. But the more impressive thing was so that was world record by one minute twenty one seconds, yeah, I think, like that, yeah. breaking Paula Radcliffe's record of sixteen years of age. But no one had come within a minute and a half of that record yeah. since Paula broke it. So yeah. Paula ran 2.15.25, 2003 London Marathon. And since then, up until Chicago, day after Ineos Challenge, the fastest time was 2.17.0 oh something. Yeah. I think Mary Kitani, perhaps. I'm not sure. But it was 2.17 low. And then Bridget Cosgar comes out and runs 2.14.04. So that's, that's something. <laughs> yeah, I've said... Quite for quite a long time, like few years, like I think my opinion, women they be running too slow marathons, like yeah. compared to their times, like in ten k and half yeah. marathons. So I think they're running one o four, one o five half marathons. So they should be able to run faster. Yeah, faster. So I think I was not surprised, and I I can imagine like after this, like people probably start thinking like, okay, it's possible. I think yeah. it'll be two twelve. Soon, yeah. probably, like maybe, maybe close to two ten, even yeah. either. So, yeah. yeah, never know, never know. But it, I, I was not surprised. It is, yeah. I mean, I saw you uh, immediately after that yeah. world record fell, and you didn't seem surprised. But yeah. it is weird. Like there has been a number of Kenyan women that have run sixty four, sixty five. Yeah. yeah, but they haven't run. No, it's been like two. You know, the, 19, you'd have to assume that if you can run, you can run sixty four, sixty five, and you do the marathon training. Yeah, you'd have to assume you could run. To fifteen or yeah. to sixteen, yeah. At least males are, yeah. yeah and there are males many. that do that, yeah. And there are many of those, and yeah. So that that's been like quite surprised. So I, I don't know what's what's been the thing with that, but I think, yeah, I I was not surprised. No, yeah, and I I think it'll be it'll be harder in the future as well. Yeah, the quality, yeah, the quality of the women. So we both came up with an idea about a female sub two ten project. <laughs> why, why not? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Would it be that interesting overall? Like, yeah, for the big audience, but yeah. I mean, one of the main reasons why 
Ineos 159 challenge was so interesting was because Kipchoge has such a, I guess, a personality. Yeah. And, you know, whereas Cosguy does is not really very well known, at least yeah. yet, at least yeah. yet. Um, but one funny thing that I heard a lot of after Cosguy's run was apparently she ran in her first marathon 247. Now, I didn't know oh, that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And she improved very quickly to like 224 or something like that and then down yeah. to 214. And a lot of people were posting on like social media going, wow, suspicious, 247. Yeah. But that's silly. Yeah, because I mean, her first marathon was she even? I'm pretty sure she was in high school, or, yeah, or, or just out of high school. I and she it wasn't was in even. Porto in, it was in Portugal as well, okay. so you may just, you know, Kenny and that's very hilly. Yeah, and it's also be like first time in. You never know, like first time yeah. in Europe, and you just go there without like preparation, and yeah. you never know. It's 247 is 247 anyway. So yeah, yeah. if you go there without any preparation, and but people aren't putting any context on no, it. It's no, like, no. but it's, it's maybe a... she wasn't training properly then. Yeah. I mean, you have to assume because. Yeah. But it's also it's always say like a, it's easy, easy to take like okay they must be doped. That's <laughs> yeah. that's easy excuse. Yeah. Like Kipchoge is doped. Everybody's doped. It's like yeah. it's like easy to say. But yeah. Who knows? There, there are no no any kind of like proofs of that. So yeah. so where is the where is the limit? Like how how. I, I, I've always wanted to see like what people think. What is the like the level you can do like as a clean athlete? Yeah, that's like a, that's like how many people think like yeah. okay, there are male running two twenty. They must be doped. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think for many people think like that's yeah. so fast. Nobody can be clean in that. Yeah, case. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I for sure know that it's it's possible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so it's, 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 yeah. Neither Cosguy or Kipchoge have had any issues no, with, no, with no. missing tests. Um, but yeah, Cosguy's run was, was huge. Mm-hmm. But I think that we'll probably see some other 215, 214. Yeah. And people always say, like, of course, there's the new shoes and next percent helping that much and whatever. But of course, they have been running fast half marathons during few last few years and yeah. without any next percent or yeah, without yeah. any vapor flies. So, yeah. And also on track, 10K has been very runs. fast. Yeah, very fast for the women's side. So it's yeah. So um, um, yeah, it's not about that. Yeah. Either. Yeah. When they're running 206, then I could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well done to Bridget Koskai. We we recently wrote an article, the sweater lead that is on on some of her training. Um, got a couple of people in Kenya that are a little bit familiar with it. Um, she does obviously train very very hard quite standard stuff Canova style um some very long runs in the lead up uh but yeah awesome run by by her and we hope that we can see some other big times from the women coming pretty soon do you have some examples of her workouts oh do you remember any uh jeez <laughs> I, I I publish uh, I don't write much uh, actually but I, I obviously publish and I, I read so much stuff that I I, I just forget it just all mer- merges into each other so um, okay, yeah. you know I, I think the standard uh, one I think I recall is um, so we actually didn't publish information about her lead up to the Chicago yeah. Marathon we published some general stuff but I think one of her key workouts, key workouts which is a very key workout that, that I guess um, many marathons do is just a very hard 30k yeah, yeah, run, yeah. but pretty close to race pace so yeah. um, she was doing some up at uh, Moiben which is pretty close to uh, um, uh uh, Iten in yeah. Kenya, sorry, about, about half an hour away, which is about 2,200 meters elevation. And of course, for the Kenyans, the elevation doesn't hit them so hard because yeah. they, they were born and raised there. But I think she was doing a 30k run at about 320s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quite okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. From memory, that was one of them. Um, but the article has more. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not just saying that to, for, to push people with the article. I genuinely forgot yeah, yeah. because I published so much stuff now that yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of forget. But um, super impressive run. But, I mean, that's very Canova style to do two to three weeks before the race, a 30K yeah. at about race pace to really test your, t- mm-hmm. test the legs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a quite, quite trend yeah. nowadays. Like, yeah. you, like marathon runners, they push, push hard and long, like quite, quite close to the main day. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, you... I think it's good. Yeah. I yeah. It's, yeah. I think like taking, taking easy too long. If you train hard, if you train long, I think it's, it's not a good idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Not that long, like two, two, three weeks before you start yep. shutting off yep. all training. I think that's not the perfect idea. Mm. My opinion, but. Yep. Of course, if it fits you, then it's fine. Yep. I mean, Kipchoge's crypto is something that I've, I'm sort of mimicking myself, of course, significantly slower. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they do uh, 40K, alternate 40K, 30K every yeah. every week. And yeah. their 40K is a little slower. Yeah. It's almost like uh, some weeks it's like, uh, and, and keeping in mind, very hilly routes. Yeah, so yeah. The, the paces cannot possibly be at marathon pace because they, yeah. w- w- when we were in Kenya two years ago, we, we studied them, we, we joined them on a motorbike. So we actually saw yeah. the routes. They were very hilly. But the 40K runs can be like between sort of 3.30 and even like 3.40, 40 pace, yeah. which is, I guess, sort of capillary development work. It's just like time on feet. But then the 30Ks are, are harder and they end up running like 3.15 to 3.20 yeah. for them, which, by the way, is equivalent of probably closer to three minute Ks yeah, yeah, on the flat yeah. on sea level. Yeah. I mean, the altitude is one thing. Okay. They're not affected too much by altitude, but the, the I can't express like how hilly those routes yeah. are super. And, and some of them, like some of them, if it's been raining, some of them are like muddy. Like they have yeah. to like, yeah, yeah, they have yeah. to like stop and yeah. like brush mud off and they don't stop their watches either. So like, yeah, it's yeah. not, yeah. I mean, I remember people commenting on some posts that we wrote about his training and people were like, Oh, it's nowhere near his marathon pace, but they're not, they're not factoring in. Yeah. The, the routes or the or, the, oh, or yeah. the, the the fact that like a lot of them are like uneven surface and so on so so yeah but I, I quite like that that technique of doing one maybe a little bit longer and I'm I'm doing that right now leading into to Valencia yeah so one week I'm going to do around two and a half to three hours a little bit easier so for me my my, my goal pace is is three thirty per k which is two yeah. two twenty eight two twenty nine so the slower longer runs are at like four ten four twenty pace and then the other weeks I'll I'll do maybe thirty k around at like three 40 yeah 3.35 or something like that yeah close yeah and I and I've, and I've, you sort of have even though it's not obviously it's not exactly 40 30 40 30 but you sort of do a similar a similar thing yeah no yeah like last few few weeks yeah I've been doing quite quite long yeah long stuff and I'm trying to do a few a few of those before Valencia yeah, as yeah. well but but the thing is I also should try find should try find some some pace as well like faster faster stuff as well yeah you're you're, you're a bit of a fan of doing and, and, and i've adopted this i've actually adopted quite a few things from you but you you like doing a 10k race yeah close to the yeah actually i was just googling i found one race oh. in valencia like one week before so. nice yeah so i i may do it this time again so yeah because yeah. before you run your pb yeah late last year at valencia you yeah. did a 10k i was actually in the 10k yeah race. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah you won that yeah, thirty-one low, but it was thirty-one ten. Kind of tactical. Yeah, kind of easy, yeah. easy still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good, and I was running the ten k before the week before as well. Yeah, that's now, right. Now, now we'll be running the Ravenna half marathon as well. Mm. The same month, so yeah, it's something I can push push harder. I cannot push that hard during the during the workout, so I yep. think it's it's working for very well for me. So yeah, making the marathon pace 
feel easy. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and then putting the alpha plies on. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Get that. 20 seconds per kilometer off. <laughs> Got to get our hands on those alpha flies very soon. <laughs> Got to ask if Jorge. Yeah. So, of course, this is a collaboration podcast, and it's yeah. Runners High Finland, um, who actually used to work for when I lived here yeah. um, in the last decade. But for those that are listening on Sweat Elite, what is, what is Runners High, just quickly, um, for those interested? Well, just coaching, running events. We organize Helsinki Half Marathon in June, Helsinki yeah. Marathon, Helsinki 10K, so... All the biggest and best best running events in Helsinki, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's... The, that's Helsinki Mar- the Helsinki Half Marathon in June's had, had some decent participation, and the, yeah, course, four, the course is really nice. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. Yeah, 4,000 we had last year, and it's, it's yeah. growing growing nicely. And also the other events, like the big events, yep. getting getting better. So hopefully it's booming in Finland <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the future. Yeah, And yeah. also coaching and testing and whatever you can just imagine yep. with running. So that's that's what we do. Yeah. Cool. I'm planning on doing actually a, a lactate test yeah. at your office. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This week. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be doing probably next week then. Okay. Yeah. yeah our, our testing director wants some information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Salonen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cool. good. Good to see like how how he can project our times. marathon times. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we wrap it up? Or I think we covered it all. I think we're cool, yeah. Yeah, covered it all. Cool. Thanks again for yeah. listening in. Uh, and we'll be back shortly with another podcast episode in the next week. Yeah. Cool. Thank you.